What are you doing here? It's challenge day. You know we've influenced nearly every facet of white America. From our music to our style of dress, walk, talk, dress, mannerisms, we enrich your very existence. You should say thank you, man. Welcome to the Black Blue Podcast. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and I greet you with the greetings of peace. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. I hope you are joining us in the best of health and spirit. Uh, we remind you that this is a space where we center the narrative, the experiences of Black folk in the United States in general, Black Muslims uh, specifically. Uh, today, I'm really happy to have joining me um, somebody who I've not had a chance to sit down with in a while. Uh, she thinks she's older than me. Well, she is a little, just a tiny bit, my big sister. Uh, <laughs> Layla Abdullah-Pulos, uh, you all know her, um, writing, uh, not just writing coach, um, uh, professor, but uh, a tremendously talented author, um, the author of the Brothers-in-Law series. Uh, and she's written, like, I don't know, like nine other books since then. Uh, so you got to give a plug for that, but look for her on Amazon. Um, and assalamu alaikum. <laughs> Wa alaikum assalam rahmatullah. It wasn't nine other books. It was just you like, can... I think it's five, five oh, other books. Yeah, okay. <laughs> five, nine, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing to be able to sit down and, and chop it up with you again, because so much is going on. There's been so much that's been left on the table that we have not talked about. No, no, right. there's been so much that has been going on, so new, so many new technologies and everything, everything that's been going on in social justice, just in society in general, yeah. it's just been like a big thing, but you know, life happens. And yeah, yeah, and we pick I'm it up. I'm so and glad we... that you're back now. Yeah, alhamdulillah, thank you. <laughs> so we, we got something, uh, a, a new, well, not a new thing, it's a very old, uh, very old thing. Um, that, that has reared its head again. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, what's being termed the Victoria's Secret Karen. Mm -hmm. uh, and what may sound kind of, you know, kind of minimizing and almost uh, funny, right? Is actually carries really, really um, uh, very strong uh, implications and, and, you know, a lot of harm could be done from this type of uh, scenario. So for those who don't know, who have not heard about it, Bring us up to speed on, on what the Victoria's Secret Karen uh, is about. If you haven't seen it on TikTok or YouTube or or the, or the gram, yeah. you know, but it hit it hit TikTok really really hard. Yeah. Uh, TikTok is really becoming one of those platforms, very problematic platforms when it comes to Black creators, but it is really becoming one of those platforms where you get a lot of information, even. While I was waiting to talk about the Victoria's Secrets Karen, there was another issue with another Karen and a black man in a Walmart. So the it, it's something that continually happens and we see more of it because more black people are smart enough to record to try to make themselves as safe as possible or safer than they would have been if they didn't record it. So Victoria's Secrets Karen, you know, you really only see at the point where the attacker attacks. So the attacker is a white female, 24 year old, Abigail Elphick. Okay. And she lunges after a black woman, Ijioma Ukente. And then she starts to uh, have a fit. You know, I'm not going to call it a breakdown. You know, there's always this tendency 
to veil and cope white rage and aggression with mental instability. Right, right. Oftentimes, these people are not mentally unstable. They know exactly what they're doing. They're angry, okay? And so uh, she starts to, uh, for lack of a better term, spaz out. She starts to cry and say, don't record me, don't record me. And then she lays on the ground and has a fit like a two-year-old. And then she uh, gets up. Oh, well, before she lays on the ground like a two-year-old, she puts her purse on the floor. And then she slowly faints, okay, <laughs> making sure that her head lands on her purse. Mm. Then she spazzes out. Now, this, uh, the victim, okay, Ijioma Ukente, Ukenta, she was victimized multiple times. First, she was attacked by this woman. Right. And there's no reason for that, okay? She kept backing up. She did not defend herself, okay, and knock the mess out of this woman. She right. just kept backing up and recording. And that was the first victimization. The second one was by the store employees and consumers who told her, why doesn't she leave? Why does she stop recording her? She's like, yeah, I'm trying to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to protect myself. More and more black people have got to record these situations because they know that when the police come, that it's going to be a totally different situation. Okay. And they're more vulnerable when the police come. And that's what happened the third time. The mall security came and claimed that they, they could escort her. Okay. Who can take to her car but could not escort Elphick out of the store, even though she assaulted someone mm -hmm. and was yelling and screaming and disturbing the peace. And then the police came and the policeman said, well, there's nothing I could do. All right. So she ends up going to the police station, Ukente. Okay, well, before that, Elphick was perfectly fine once the police came on board. Yeah. Once the police came yeah. on board, she was talking rationally and everything like that and only kind of flipped out a little bit when she saw that Ukente was still Ukenta was still recording her and that happens a lot you know white women weaponize their tears because they're trained by this white supremacist society that they can do that because of this whole notion of patronizing and protecting white femininity it can and it always endangers black people's lives I mean we the, we we have a, one of the worst historical examples was 14-year-old Emmett Till, yep. okay, who was brutalized, beaten to death, brutalized over two days, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. and, and beaten to death so much so that he was unrecognizable, all because a woman who admitted that she lied, okay, said that he whistled at her or something like that, and white men went off. Okay, they wanted a reason to hurt a black body anyway. Okay, I still strongly believe that there are plenty of white people in this society who have that, 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 that idea that that's what they want to do. And uh, so that's- Before you go, said. before you go uh, too much further, I just wanna just sit for a moment on your statement about how those tears are weaponized. Oh yeah. Um, I was just uh, this past weekend, I was in uh, Montgomery, Alabama at the uh, National uh, Memorial for Peace and Justice, mm -hmm. um, where they have the, uh, you know, these these like hanging memorials of uh, of the thousands of lynching victims. Mm. 
um, mm. in the United States. And they also have these plaques that are there, which give the circumstances under which those lynchings or some of those lynchings took place. And they border on uh, obviously the, you know, just intentional cruelty to what sounds like absolutely, absolute ridiculousness. Uh, one of the plaques I remember seeing, it says that uh, there was a man who was lynched for scaring a white woman, for frightening a white mm -hmm. woman. Mm -hmm. like obviously, you know, un unintentional. Uh, there was another who was lynched for knocking at the door, uh, the front door of a, of a white woman's home. Um, you know, so the, the, so this idea, this point that you make is not one where, you know, families, you listen to this, really sit on this and think about this. Uh, there is a, a deep history um, right. that, you know, that has cost people their lives. Yeah. No, so yeah. it is. And, and it's not something that I think when it's deployed today that they're unaware of. Mm -hmm. I think they're quite aware of, of what to expect. They expect somebody to come to the rescue and oh, to yeah. solve the problem. It, it's just like with the Central Park uh, uh, five, yeah. The, the, the woman in Central Park with the dog and the black male oh, bird yeah. watcher yeah. where she was angry with him. And this is usually this is usually the pattern, okay? Mm -hmm. White female aggression. They're usually always the aggressor, mm -hmm. the attacker. They feel like black people and black bodies are beholden to them. Right. So you as a black person must stand and deliver and, and, and placate to them and their sensibilities. When you do not do that, they become indignant and belligerent. Right. Okay. And if you stand your ground, if it does not work for them, then they fall apart, crying and rolling on the floor. And then they call the authorities. And despite the fact that they're the aggressor, okay, they will say, they will use the typical messaging to police mm -hmm. that they have learned. There's a black person bothering me attacking me trying to hurt me come and get them that's right. the expectation that's the way law enforcement has framed it since law enforcement has existed okay right. and so you will see and you still see it because when the police come now this belligerent angry crying fitful person all of a sudden becomes cogent yeah. attentive soft-spoken mm -hmm. like they can't believe that this is happening to them yeah who called you for what and, well and, she's uh, the one who and, called them yeah she called they often call but then the thing is like i cannot believe that this black person has has just attacked me i was just being white in america okay <laughs> and so then the cops at best will approach the black person with this attitude of why are you bothering this good white woman? Right. Okay. At worst, they will harm them. Yeah. And that's what the white woman expects. Well, that's the why harm the white woman physical. that does that, that's mm -hmm. what she expects. And, and the harm wasn't physical in, in terms of uh, uh, the outcome for the black woman. But it was, it was still definitely harm that was inflicted on oh, her. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, she tried to grab her camera. So she assaulted her. Yeah. She assaulted her. 
And you can, you know, when you are black in America and you're confronted with white anger and white rage, especially if it's coming from a white woman, then you have got to really assess the situation because if you defend yourself, which you have every right to do, every right to do, you also make yourself vulnerable to brutality from law enforcement because you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get an understanding officer who will, who's a professional and will de-escalate the situation. And uh, an officer who will try to just kind of like brush it under the rug and mitigate it because they got more important things to do or someone that will look at you and you're the problem. Okay. When these situations I've seen it time and again, and I've experienced it. I had a woman hit me with hit my car with her car. She hit my car. My kids were in the car. It was my car was parked. She was mad that I had parked there. And so she decided that she was going to nudge me and she bumped my car. So she, and she goes into the store. So I go, I follow her to the store. I was like, you hit my car. And she was just like, well, you shouldn't have parked there. Very, you know, like, like very entitled and yes. Wow. And so okay. I recorded it. And I called the cops. I was like, you can leave if you want to. I called the cops and I got your license number and you're leaving the scene of an accident, right? And she was mad, mad, like mad at me until the police officer came. And then she was crying tears and she was able to tell that cop, despite the fact that she hit my car, that she only was going, only did it and was only going to leave because she was scared. And he came to me with that. Wow. That's what he came to me with. Why are you bothering this good? Like he wasn't disrespectful to me, but he still was coming with this whole idea of she was scared of you. Like she has a right to be, despite the fact that she's the aggressor. She's the one that hit me. Okay. I had a neighbor who was mowing. He was doing a little weird thing. He was like mowing the leaves in the street. And when he was mowing the leaves on his riding mower in the street, his uh, rocks were flying into someone's car across the street. And this big, burly white guy came out and started going in on him. I called the cops. And the cops asked him, well, what are you doing out here? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, excuse me, he got, he's the one that got assaulted. Yeah. Why are you asking him? So this is the whole idea. When, there's white, when the white people are the aggressor, okay, the reaction of law enforcement is, is starkly different. It is starkly different. But does, isn't, isn't that right in line with um, the I fear for my life response oh, yeah. that we always hear, mm-hmm. you know, quite often, yep. you know, when, when, when lives are taken. Absolutely. Yeah. Despite the fact that historically, if you look historically and go along the historical continuum, white people are extremely violent. They're colonizers. They're enslavers. They're rapists. They've destroyed the, the the towns of people of color over and over again. Law yeah. enforcement itself has caused the decimation of people of color throughout history. Okay, wounded knee, the move bombing in Chicago wasn't that Chicago? The move bombing or Philadelphia? Oh no, Philly. Philadelphia. Okay. And on and on and on and on and on. So this is where it's coming from. And so it's just like the systems have not changed. They're the same. And the the people who are indoctrinated into the system know the messaging and know what to say and know how to act. So this, so 
Unkenta, Unkenta was victimized over and over and over again. And even when she went to the police to mm -hmm. file a complaint, the police officer there did not offer her any real help at all. So she got attacked. She was, she, she was alienated as if she was the problem. And then she could not get help from people who were supposed to help her. And all because she is a black woman who was attacked by a white woman in this society. And she stated as much uh, in the video. She says, if, oh, if, yeah. this was, if this was me, my black self going after this white woman, this would have been a completely different outcome. And the police officer, he, he replies, well, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I, I wish you didn't feel that way or whatever. But the point he is, gaslighted her. He, yeah, he's saying that while this woman who has assaulted her is standing there without handcuffs, still, sta you know, yeah. standing in the mall. She's not mm -hmm. been escorted from the mall. Yeah, um, this is the these yeah. are the same agencies that handcuffs our five-year-old babies. They're willingly to handcuff our five-year-old babies in schools because they have inconvenienced the faculty and the staff, okay? But this woman is allowed to behave this way. It's incredible. And they do, white women do weaponize their tears. I mean, this happened in a Victoria's Secret. And just, just, just a couple of days ago on social media, you had uh, Lindsay Shaw, okay? She was a former childhood star from the TV show, Ned Declassified, okay? Yeah. Your twins might know about that, not you. <laughs> <laughs> The, the name sounds familiar. <laughs> and so she played a, a character and um, there was this, you know, the black creators always create these trends on TikTok, okay? Right. And at one point they, they actually uh, uh, decided not strike. to do one. They went on yeah. strike. So one came back and they came out with this little, this little move and everything. And so the star of Ned, the former star of Ned Declassified decided to do it. So when he did it, his former co-star, Lindsay Shaw, like encouraged him, like was like you get it and everything. And then she decided to do a TikTok video where not only does she disparage the original black creators for some for the same dance that she encouraged her friend to do, but in her comment section, she was very dismissive and racist and allowed racists to also uh, attack creators. It's like, why do you have to do this? You know, why are you doing this? You know, you're a celebrity, why are you doing this type of thing? And so when she did that, black TikTok went after her with a vengeance. Yeah. Okay. White ally TikTok went after her with a vengeance. And they hit her Instagram. And 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 so she cried buckets of white women tears. Is that who I saw? You is that I saw she's like, her Are we okay? apology? Yeah, she's like, I'm I'm sorry if you were offended. But it's not okay. And then her former co-star came out and said she's not a racist. But her former friends were like, oh, yes, she is. And here are the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> but she cried. And that happens constantly. When, when you have this situation where white women especially are the aggressors, it takes a certain trajectory. When they are called out on their mess, when it doesn't work out for them, they are going to cry buckets of tears because white women's tears are valued more so than any other women's tears and black women's tears are not valued at all. Those tears okay. have, de have, have destroyed economies. They've destroyed communities. Absolutely. They have, yeah, they, yep. they, have, they have erased people. You know, they yep. have filled mass graves. Yep. Uh, so that is, that is no, nothing to play with.
It is but nothing to play with. But when we you need make to... that point, when you mm -hmm. make the point about uh, the white allies who came after, I couldn't help but think about one that I saw, um, uh, and I can't. I wish I could remember her name, but she she was a mental health professional. She's a like licensed clinical um, uh, social worker, mm -hmm. and she basically kind of just broke down the whole the whole performance. Yeah. You know, she said, you know, this this lady, what's her name, Amber? No, Abigail. Abigail. She's like Abigail. Uh, she, she does not. She does not have a, a mental health problem. Mm -hmm. uh, she was not going through um, any any type of difficulty. Uh, this was a contrived um, uh, mm -hmm. performance, uh, you know, done to elicit a particular response. And she she was well aware of what she was doing. So I mean, she went in on her for you know for the full length of time. Well, I think they give you a minute on TikTok or, or so. Uh, she went in for the full, full length and just did a play yeah. by play. Up to three minutes. Round. Some some That's accounts. Three minutes. Okay. Some some accounts have up to three minutes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She went in the whole time, and I I love seeing that type of acknowledgement of the, yeah. the the weaponization of those tears, the weaponization of uh, of whiteness. You know, as a property that can be used against those who don't have it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just like, man. You know, I wish I could. I, I could, you know, uh, like this more than, you know, more than once, you know, send you a, a, a high five. But yeah, she, she was right on point. And I know there's so many others that are also uh, aware of that. And I think yeah. that's really, that's really what we need because I think our voices, you know, is, is one thing, but they have to hear from, from themselves. Yeah. They have to hear from themselves. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is that there are many what has been occurring what has been occurring culturally yeah. is that you will often find there are many not as many as there should be but there are quite a few let's put it that way quite yeah. a few white women for whom that is annoying because yeah. of first of all they know how dangerous it is mm -hmm. so they know they're, they're, they're self-aware about their privileges and they know that that's garbage and they know how dangerous it is for people of color Right. And they know that it still reinforces the infantilization of white femininity, okay, mm -hmm. which they don't, they themselves don't like. So uh, they will definitely come out and they will say, this is garbage. This is, this is her weaponizing her tears and using it. And how dare you try to say, well, oh, she was, she was, she was filming like, 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 oh, Kente got attacked. Okay, on social media. Well, she was filming this woman while she was having a mental breakdown. That woman was not having a mental breakdown. No, that woman was. was just as calm, cool, and collected when the badges came on the floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, she should have left. She should have seen what was wrong. And the whole idea is, wait a second, hold up. This is a person in society who was minding her business. She was harassed by another person. That's the, that's the criminal. Did Why anybody in the store... Oh, the people in the store were terrible. One person kind of like blocked away because the homegirl was going after her. Right. But one woman said, well, why don't you stop recording? She's like, well, I'm recording to protect myself, you know? And another one was like, well, why don't you just leave? Like they were waving her on and everything. While this woman was acting this way, while yeah. this woman was acting this way, a black woman would not be able to get away with that, no. okay? Well, I can't say that because one just got away with it on an airline. But I guess I she... did see that. 
I did. She, she, she didn't attack anybody, though. She didn't attack anybody, though. She just yeah. was running her mouth. That's yeah. what, she didn't actually attack anyone. Yeah, she was she talking was, about eugenics and yeah, she was uh, like white blue, privilege brown and, eyes, blue eyes. You're using your privilege. Oh, she was a mess. I just was like, oh, sis, you got to get off that plane. Yeah, that that was a little cringeworthy. Uh, <laughs> but she was not. She was not an aggressor. Yeah. Okay. She wasn't full of rage like this woman was, and no. she did not attack anyone. She ran her mouth. But she did not attack. And it was a white woman that the white woman that she was angry with because the white woman just said, but you're not listening. That's what she said. And she got an earful. <laughs> that all came from, from her saying you're not listening. But she, she didn't touch her. She didn't touch the white woman or anything like that. Because, you know, daggone well, if she would have touched her, tapped her, done anything, she would have been down on the ground by, by, the, by the sky marshal that was chilling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the sky marshal would not have had to do anything. The people, hmm. the yeah. people themselves would have got yep. it. They would not. Oh yeah, absolutely, it. definitely. So it's just like we know where it comes from. Black people have to always stay safe. It is not a safe. It is not safe. Spaces and places where white women weaponize their tears are very unsafe for black people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not I a think people in color in general, but yeah. more so black people, yeah. and the people that are often faced with those very tears are black women. Okay. You they they encountered it, they encounter it quite often because in many ways black women are masculinized. Okay. In the overall society, when you're talking about femininity, black yeah. women have always been masculinized uh by society, even by black men, just saying, but and that's so, so. That's so. And, uh it, it is very, very easy for them to weaponize those tears and black women don't get to use their own. No. They just those really tears don't. are are ignored. Uh, and that kind of that goes right along with the uh, assumption. I was listening to a report that said medical students today, um, at least those who are polled, still believe 40 percent of them still believe that black people or I think it was black women in particular uh, feel less pain than their white counterparts. Oh, the medical field is extremely dangerous for black women. Yeah. Yeah. Just the anybody who doesn't know the history of gynecology. It mm -hmm. is an absolutely yeah. Marion. I always forget his name. His last name. His last name is Marion. Yeah. Father of gynecology. Was an absolute butcher. butcher. Yeah, absolute he was a savage. butcher. Yeah. And absolute you know, savage. I mean, you still got like oh, what is Henrietta Lacks? They yep. still did they actually end up giving her DNA back to the family, or they still have it, or something like sure. that? So it's always been that way in the society. And this just is a, just one example of it, of when your mothers and your daughters and your sisters have to go out and traverse this society and it, and it, become, it, become, it becomes more dangerous the darker their skin is. Yeah. Let's just be honest about it. It becomes more dangerous the darker their skin is. My daughter can traverse society very differently than I do, okay? And so this is what they end up having to face. They can't even go to get a free bra. What? That's what she went there for. She had a coupon for a free oh, bra wow. or free panties. Free panties? I think it was free panties. Wow. Either free bra or free panties. I think it was a free bra. That's what she went there for. That's what Ijeoma Ukenta went for was a free bra from Victoria's Secrets. So she had every right to be there. Okay. She was a consumer of the company because the company sent her a coupon for a free product. So she had every right to be there. And because one white woman was upset, 
this black woman had her physical well-being jeopardized had her emotional well-being jeopardized mm-hmm. and was alienated from the society to the point where it's just like you're the problem and you need to go this is what black women face now, every single day speaking of the company has victoria's secrets uh have, have they made any kind of a statement about what took place not in that their stores? I know of. Not that I know of. I have no idea. If anything, they're probably gonna they they probably will issue a big apology and give us some free bras. Yeah, have 10 bras. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I mean, we, we see so many market-driven apologies uh today. Um okay. you know, people feel like it's gonna impact the bottom line and, and the space that we're in right now, um, where uh diversity and inclusion. Yeah. is on the top of everybody's list of you know of things to present themselves as being in favor of and about um, i wouldn't be surprised to hear hear the you know hear something come from them yeah but but but, but is it going well, to be only been a day so <laughs> yeah but but you know what though whatever they say whatever they say it should oh they be did release directed. a statement by the way oh they did okay they did. now before before you before you tell me what they said because i haven't seen it i'm hoping that they're also talking about their internal policies and how their employees respond to uh, to discriminatory, uh, discriminatory behavior, um, because this was also a lapse from a, on a, on a store level and how they responded. To oh that. yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's just along those lines of the Starbucks. Yeah. You know, it's really it's really heartbreaking to know that to to realize that we haven't learned anything because. You should really, you know, you have management, you have staff in your stores, and they should know how to at least, you know, not endanger themselves, but at least try to have some con- comfort and consolation for the person that's being attacked in their store. Yeah. So you what? So, so what's there? They just what's... kept. They just kept ringing stuff up. Right. <laughs> so so what was what was their statement? Okay, associate and customer safety is our top priority and we are committed to creating a safe and welcoming environment for all. The video taken in our store is unsettling and we have initiated a full investigation. Associates followed our protocols and immediately agency operations center as well as mall security they called it mall security agency operation center during the altercation between our customers we're dedicated to continuing this critical conversation and demonstrating our commitment to diversity equity and inclusion through our actions and our words they they sure learned how they sure knew to use see those, those words. words see those words and use those but those buzzwords yeah <laughs> like that yeah. and so so then the question i guess victoria's secret is like look they called the cops <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they were supposed to. And so, you know, if the cops didn't do what they were supposed to, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the, the take it up with the cops type of thing, you know, because like really, you know, I, 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 I'm I, making $15 an hour and um, I'm scanning bras. Right. You know, so what yeah, do you want I me to it. do? You really want me to go and jump the counter and do something with that crazy, that, 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 that woman in her tantrum, not using but, the word But crazy. what they didn't do, they did not ask her to leave. No, they did not ask her to leave. And that is- The and manager, that's, I that's believe, did get in between them. The manager okay. did get in between them, but uh, she did not ask either one of them to leave 
from what I remember she in the video, she did not, because the video is like 21 minutes long. Yeah. And she didn't ask either one of them to leave. Okay. Yeah. And mall security is like, well, we can escort you to your car, but we can't ask her to leave. Like the audacity, the entitlement, right. the, the privilege. Yeah that these white women have because you know honestly you know daggone well it would not be it would be completely unacceptable unacceptable behavior for a black woman and she'd be asked to leave you know what i think what a lot of uh white folk may not realize is that it's not the blatant racism that is always the, the, you know the danger sometimes it's it's the it's the racial it's the racism blind spot it's um it's what you don't see or choose not to see or can't see. Uh, because when you think about the response of one of the other customers that was in there who responds to the sister, uh, and what's her name again? I want to get her name right. Ijeoma. Ijeoma. Ukenta. So I had so to, I, I had Ijeoma Ukenta. I had to ask my Nigerian sister. To how, tell me, how do you say that? Ijeoma. So sister, the sister Ijeoma. Um, the customer who looks at her and says, why don't you put, put the camera down or tells her, why don't you leave? Right. Mm -hmm. This is another white woman who's there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. she's completely, um, she's completely lost on where she should actually be. Yeah. She feels like she's probably doing the right thing. Yeah. But it's because, gotta be a terrifying situation. Yeah. The thing is, is that it, when you're alone and surrounded by whiteness, yeah, that's an extremely scary situation to be in. That's We've seen pictures. Situation. You just know, and, and, and the attitudes and everything are going to adjust and change and everything. I live, I live in a predominantly white area. Mm. Okay, there's there's some integration, but there's a lot of white people, and you know it's very red down here on Long Island. Yeah. And uh, you can tell when you're in a situation, you can be you 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 can end up very very frightened because no one's going to help you. If you that woman would have went all in yeah. and decided to just keep beating on her, she would she would can't, the 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 phone wouldn't have been a choice anymore. She would have had to either just like really try to save herself or yeah. get beat down because no one was going to help her and stop the aggression and anger and bad acts yeah. of this white woman. No other white woman was going to do that. I want to point to a statement that you made. It's not hyperbole. It's not discriminatory or racist. When you say that white people have, have murdered, have, um, have raped, have, have done all manner right, of inhumane things uh, that have been directed towards black folk here in, in the United States. Um, that's not hyperbole. That's, that's not an no. exaggeration. No. And, and, and that really has to be understood when you talk about the, the danger yeah. of being surrounded by whiteness. I think about, um, what were the names? Thomas. These were the, no, they weren't the last, the last, uh, uh, these young brothers that were lynched in, uh, in Indiana. It's a famous, picture. I think they're Thomas and Abraham. Those are like their names. That's, you know, each one of their names is mm -hmm. Abraham ship or Thomas ship or something of that. Um, but they're surrounded the picture. It shows their lifeless bodies, right? They, they matter of fact, they broke the arms of one of them who attempted to, to you know, pull himself up the rope 
right? And they let him down, they broke his arms and, and brought him back up. Um, and they took a picture after yeah. it was around, right? Broad daylight. So you think about, and especially, you know, you know, all our, 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 our white family who, who are listening, um, think about the impact of that, of that story yeah. that was told in the community for any any of the black residents mm -hmm. think about as that picture circulated around the country um and and what that meant because that was also being played out in, you know in in arkansas in alabama in, yeah, in new orleans absolutely. in florida i mean the the fact of the matter is let's be real okay yeah. when you're thinking about whiteness you know and i i, I was i was reading this one uh uh theorist and she said listen Whiteness is not really a thing because what it is, is a bunch of ethnicities mm -hmm. and they've been brought under this umbrella of whiteness to feed the white supremacist structure. Yeah. So she said, I'm not proud to be white because that's whiteness isn't a thing. Okay. Right. In terms of, you know, when you talk about blackness, which is a race and an ethnicity. Okay. Whiteness is not an ethnicity. All right. No. And so when you think about the society under that context, if you want to try to ignore the death and destruction and decimation of people of color by 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 this whiteness yeah. then it's because you feel comfortable with it and you want people of color to sh people of color to shut up about it yeah. and if you feel like you're being attacked okay it's because you want to embrace and hold on to your privilege and you want the system of oppression on the the backs of people of color and black people to, for your benefit to continue. Because right. you don't want to stop it. Those white tears, that woman having a fit, Lindsay Shaw crying on camera, okay, on cue, yeah. okay? Uh, uh, the fact that constantly Black people can't barbecue, black people can't sit anywhere, they can't go in a pool, they can't sleep. Yeah, they belong or anything like that. And even there was just one guy where he actually had the nerve, like it was like two weeks ago, he had the nerve to give his address. He was going on an all outfit tirade on camera. Oh man. And he said, My address is this and this. And it was a bunch of people. I was like, Oh, we got time today. They showed up. <laughs> they went there. But the fact of the matter is, like, you cannot let you. That is fed from something, and that is fed from the messaging that white people receive from the t if they if they were raised in this country from the time that they could cognate. It is disseminated through mass media, and they and so if they come here, they fall in line with it as well. And it's that you can destroy and hurt these black bodies, not only if they don't do right, mm -hmm. but if you just don't feel like you want them around you. That's right. Okay. That's where it comes from. You can't have a wounded knee and a trail of tears and, 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 and chattel slavery and Tulsa, Oklahoma and, and Elaine, Rosewood. Arkansas, exactly. And Taylor, you can't have those types mm -hmm. of things. You can't have like Stinney. I forget his first name, but Stinney, the little boy, he's like, like what, 12 years old? And they stacked uh, him Tennessee. up on, yeah, in Tennessee, where they stacked him up on phone books so that they can electrocute this little body to yeah. death in the electric chair. Okay, you cannot possibly say, well, I have nothing to do with that. Well, that was such a long time ago. That wasn't such a long time ago. No. That was not such a long time ago. All right. 
my grandfather served in the segregated military. Okay, that was not such a long time ago. And all of that feeds one thing, the social consciousness that as a white person, I have a right to do whatever I want with these with these bodies of color. And since I'm forced to have them in my proximity because of things like social equality, yeah. all right, or at least feign social equality, when they get out of line, when they irritate me, when they annoy me, I'm going to tap into that. And I'm going to tap into that anger. I'm going to tap into that rage. And I'm going to act accordingly. And if I'm a white woman, I'm going to go after you with both barrels blazing. And then I'm going to fall back and cry like you're the one who attacked me. Because I know daggone well what will happen to you if I do. Because we've seen it. Because we've seen it. All it. The time. And you've heard the stories. And I want to, we want to wrap up by pointing to um, continue to educate yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a, a great book. I think which which really speaks to this issue of the unrecognized white privilege. I kind of alluded to it earlier that the overt racism is is one thing, but when folks operate from the position of of the blind spots and what they're not aware of and don't realize the harm in that, that's yeah. a different thing. So uh, I'm not there's giving them that book. benefit of that. I think that they know. No, 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 no. I don't even I, like I agree the term fragility. I don't even like white fragility. You know, I was about to fragile go there. about it. They're not about fragile. To go but no, the, the fragility is in being able to look in the mirror, to be honest mm. with oneself, mm. right? Mm. The self-construct. So on that note, so white fragility, uh, the book is a, it's a why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism uh, by Robin DiAngelo. I think it's a, a, it's a, it's an awesome read. Um, and, and she wrote it for talking to other white people. Oh yeah. So, uh, but I think for anybody who, you know, who is, who is following it, who wants to get a better understanding um, of that mindset, you know, you'll find value in it, but white folks in general. So, and, and that's what I believe it takes. It takes because racism, um, as we understand it, it's not, a, it's not a black problem. This is a, this is a white problem. And, and it's, it's only one that's going to be solved uh, with, 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 with white allies, with white folk of, of, of conscience, um, who understand that this has to be, you know, it has to be dismantled. And uh, what we just saw in uh, in uh, Victoria's Secret, uh, that what the sister had to go through, and we we see this 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 outcome that would have never in a million years have happened if the table, the roles would have been reversed. I would argue that eighty years ago, oh, she would have been dead. She'd be dead. She would have been yeah. dead. She would have been yeah. killed for upsetting that white woman. She would have been killed for walking in that store. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's something else. Look, so next time we gotta we gotta bring up uh, CRT and uh, 1619 project. All right. Uh, with that, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Always a pleasure, Sister Layla. Where can they find you at? Layla writes love all across social media, everywhere: TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Layla writes love family keep up with us on social media look for us at the black blue podcast uh facebook twitter and instagram god willing we will see you next time we're gonna leave you as we greeted you assalamu alaikum pray the peace that only god can give you upon you and we'll talk to you next time some of y'all that follow us hella racist face it we was taught to hate black so the lighter you is the more you attract 
I'm finna pull coats here and choke fear when the smoke clear. We still black, so hold dear. Why my skin breathing grief? All we want is a cool.